because I was mm. always constantly looking at my closet and saying, I have nothing to wear, and I had so many clothes. So how was that possible? Yeah. Well, it was just because half the clothes I had were just keeping space. Mm. Um, I had some kind of weird depression mindset about I was never going to get new clothes again or something, you know, mm-hmm. so... I just would keep clothes because they fit or because they were on sale or because... Well, maybe it's a color that... I like that, the color, yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah, you don't some, wear that color every day. Maybe one little thing I but, liked yeah. about it. But overall, hmm. wasn't bringing me joy. At first, it was. It w- I would have to wear the item. That was what mm-hmm. I would do. I would wear it. I'd force myself to wear something that I was kind of on the fence about. By the end of the day, I knew how I felt. If I thought about wearing the item... Then, then I had to get rid of it because, mm. unless it was like I am awesome, I yeah. look great. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I like felt like I just was very confident in that outfit. If I got home and was like, oh, my toes were a little. Mm, if I even thought about my toes, I had to get rid of them because the, the, the clothes shouldn't be what I'm thinking about. It shouldn't be, you know, distracting me. It shouldn't be hard for me mm-hmm. to find an outfit in the morning because I have so many clothes to sort through. So just by reducing the amount of clothes I have. Paring it down to the, the few things that I really love, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to get ready in the morning because all I have to do is make sure I match. Hey, Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Your top podcast source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and its surrounding areas. I'm your host, Ben Albert. This episode, we have a little bit of a a different episode than my usual show. I have a community activist, Amy Cavalier, on the show. Amy is a brilliant writer, a co-leader of the Buy Nothing Beachwood Homestead Heights Culver Winton Group, and the leader of the Rochester Minimalist Meetup Group. We'll we'll talk about all this in the conversation. The main topic of this conversation today is minimalism. Minimalism is a deliberate way of living, focusing on the value of our items and relationships, and fighting the plague of materialism to find a way of living that makes us the most happy. At the end of the day, I support the message of minimalism, And learning about the practice has helped me reinvent my life. The conversation between Amy and I is fascinating, so let's get right into it. I hope this podcast adds value to your life. If you enjoy it, please leave a review on iTunes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe just tell a friend. Thanks a million. Now here we have me and Amy Cavalier. Hey everyone, Ben here with Amy Cavalier. We're sitting down in our living room. We've got a Pinot cab, and we're going to talk a little bit about minimalism. Um, Amy is the leader of the Rochester Minimalist Group. She's also the co-admin of the Beachwood Homestead Heights Culver Winton Buy Nothing Group. She has her own website, CavalierLiving.net. How's it going today, Amy? Awesome. Great to have you here, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. So minimalism, is there anywhere you want to start? What what exactly is minimalism? Is there a definition? <laughs> um, let's see. The 
there really isn't a definition. I think that's uh, something that people get really hung up on. They they kind of have this idea of what minimalists might be in their mind. Probably something like someone living in a shack, you know, in the mm-hmm. woods or a tiny home, sitting on a hard bench, wearing the same shoes every day. Um, but that's really that's not attainable necessarily to the average like person. A, a drastic, yeah. And I version. think that people. Um, might have that might be what they think minimalism is. I don't really like to define it. Um, I actually don't even like to define myself as a minimalist because we're all just works in progress, really. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure that there's even you know there's not a specific number out there of things you know that you own to be a minimalist. Um, minimalism to me has been the power to choose, taking back that power. Um, by clearing away the things in my life, I've been able to reassess the value of things, the actual value, um, and realize. And I've been able to uncover some things that I didn't know about myself, um, and find interests and more involvement. So, for me, minimalism has been about um, undoing the brainwashing of consumerism. I like that. What are some of these things you've uncovered about yourself that you might not have known? My passions, mm. um, what really matters to me. Um, you know, this journey started with me reading Everything That Remains by the Minimalists, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And um, that book definitely rings true, you know, just the title. So when I cleared away the clutter... I found time to get involved in my community. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that giving back brought me a lot of value, more so than the things that I had spent so much time accumulating. And uh, I discovered the power of community connection. Mm. So your connection with your community is much more valuable than just these consumerism, you know, these these unnecessary things. Wow, because I, I, I've found that the less time I watch TV, the less time I, the more time I do have to go out and go hiking or do some community service. And so you, you're, you're doing quite, quite a bit of community service. Let's talk about the Rochester Minimalist Group. Yeah, that's kind of so. how this journey all began. Um, I didn't really know what minimalism was either. Um, hadn't really heard of it, anything about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an art form. <laughs> and it is. It is. Yes. I'm not really into art, but um, I did read the book that I mentioned in book club, and that made more of an impact than it, I realized on me, because mm-hmm. I came home and I started to clean out, but it was much more intentional. And, I, and it just felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to keep doing this over and over again, cleaning out and then accumulating more. So I started to notice the trends in my life and that my time was being spent taking care of all these belongings I had accumulated. Mm -hmm. Um, So once I started to go through the process of getting rid of those things through a couple minimalist challenges, um, 
a game where you get rid of one thing on the first day of the month, two on the next, three on the next, and consecutively until you get through the end of the month, you get rid of over 450 belongings. Um, I did that a couple of times, bending the rules. You it know, can be big or small, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I counted pens, <laughs> you know, at, at yeah, first. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, st- I started not adhering necessarily to the rules every day. It was just a matter of getting rid of something and getting myself in that habit. It's a muscle. You have to flex it, you know, to Mm -hmm. make it stronger. So I did this for a few years, actually. I, it took me a little while to really get to, to the bottom of the clutter to the point where I started to look outside of my home and, and for, for other ways that I could do some fulfilling things with this newfound time because I didn't have, a lot of things at home pulling my time from me. Mm -hmm. That's when I discovered the minimalists had community groups throughout the United States on Facebook, and so I signed up to become the leader of the Rochester group. The minimalists documentary, uh, Minimalism, uh, a film about the important things, I believe it's called, or a documentary about the important things. It's on Netflix mm-hmm. currently, I believe. Yeah, that was coming out um, through Gather Films, and I wanted to see, um, I wanted to see that come here. So I helped get people to come to the film because it was a crowd sharing thing where you had to get a certain number of people to get the film here. Hmm. And then I, from there, decided. Where was the viewing? It it was in Henrietta, I oh, think. Okay. Um, so anyways, I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that the people leaving the film had a way to follow up, you know, that they didn't just go home, they didn't just go home with this new message that they had a way to um, meet more people, like-minded mm-hmm. people, and, um, and stay inspired, you know, to continue on this path. So I timed it according to the movie coming out and just started out meeting uh, as a group once a month. That's part of the requirement of the group. And then... It's just grown since then, and, and interest, um, all types of different activities we've been doing, and a lot more people, um, a lot of new faces at every meeting. So It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a muscle. So let's say someone saw the film, now they have the opportunity to keep on working that muscle and come to the, the monthly meetings. Well, you know, I think the first step in making a behavior change is surrounding yourself with that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Um, the more you, people you meet that ha- think like that, um, the more podcasts you listen to about it, um, the easier it gets. And it is like a muscle. Um, the more you get rid of things and realize how much time you spent obtaining them, you learn uh, the real true value. You, you learn the difference between a yes and maybe and a no or mm-hmm. a need, a want and a luxury. Wow. See, it's, it's, it's amazing. So it's not something you necessarily deliberately do. It just sort of comes in time. Yeah. Um, when you start getting rid of the clutter, it just sort of teaches you that itself. It's a personal evolution. I think mm. if it really starts to resonate with you, if, um, if you stick with it long enough and really observe the way you got into the situation, you know, how mm-hmm. do, how do we get buried in under this, uh, under all this clutter? Um, there's a lot of psychological reasons behind it and it's a, a matter of filling some voids, you know, in our lives, uh, trying to 
we all kind of want purpose and when we can't find that purpose i think we might just bury that in television music mm-hmm. um busy to be busy kind yeah of thing. vices different things like that yeah, yeah being, that's my that's where i'm working on now yeah <laughs> being a little too active well you're doing things you're passionate about and yeah. you lo- you're not just being busy to be busy mm-hmm. yeah that's actually what started this whole thing too was um social media takes up such a large part of our lives and mm-hmm. you know i i when i was a child i remember watching people who really like video games there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. but i just wondered what they had to show for it at the end of the day and i started to realize that social media is kind of like a video game you know i i look at the end of the day mm. and i'm like well what do i have to show for all that time you know maybe i i just it wasn't fulfilling it wasn't feeling really i wasn't feeling good about it so i decided to make some intentional social media and so the rochester minimalists group formed and then i was getting rid of all my things and i needed kind of a a place to do that so that's how i discovered the buy nothing concept it's an international volunteer run organization um, a network of facebook adult only hyper local gift-based communities that you can share give away um, or ask for anything you want and so now i'm saving a ton of money (laughs) getting to know my neighbors yeah and just realizing that real, there's no need for me to buy anything. All I need to do is ask somebody. Mm-hmm. It's out there. You know, the universe really does provide. What are some of the things that you've received and or shared through the buy nothing? You know, I've borrowed some things. Um, I don't really want yeah. to have to buy them. So, um, and I by got, received, I didn't necessarily yeah, mean hoard it yeah. back in, but Gave borrowed. Gave it right back, and, yeah. 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 shampooer, which actually was funny <laughs> because then later someone else wanted the shampooer mm-hmm. in the group. And I piped up and said, I still have the whole container of shampoo fluid, like oh. the fluid for the, the shampooer. And uh, I said, if you want to stop over on your way to get the shampooer, I'm right around the corner. You can get the, the fluid for free. So, mm-hmm. you know, somebody just brought a water bottle over and, and now I don't have this ginormous bottle that i'll never use again because i don't even own a shampooer yeah but i've also gotten um gifts for friends Mm -hmm. somebody wanted rollerblades i got those for a friend um i got earrings um and i had my uh, side door my neighbor fix that for me also gave me some ferns but the most important thing is i've you know now i'm friends with them and Mm -hmm. i've been to dinner at their house and it's just really powerful to see those community community connections that are happening within the group building relationships through it yeah. yeah well i haven't joined by nothing did so is it just your neighborhood or is there multiple yes, it's just um your neighborhood okay. so because um i'm i'm over avro and monroe i don't don't that I don't might know be if we, there is a group possibly in the south wedge area i'm not mm-hmm. sure if there's an upper and lower monroe area yet but since um th- th- i started this mission with buy nothing and my with my friends we really started to push in january for it and mm-hmm. then we got some publicity in the local paper and from that that was in july now seven groups have popped up and there was only one before so wow um it's just publicity in the democratic chronicle yeah and i think people are just recognizing that um it's just so nice to have a 
I think that a lot of people don't want to get rid of things because they don't know where they're going to go. They want to mm-hmm. make sure they're going to get a good use. So if you see someone who needs something that you haven't used in a while, it's going to create a purpose. You know, of, oh, that person can actually use it. And I, I've come up with the term stuff karma. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of things that I'd like to keep for a little while longer, but I'm actually starting to think I might just get rid of them. But anyways, um, I've decided to share them ice cream maker, bread maker, mm-hmm. um, a wheelbarrow, and just put those on the group so anybody can t- can borrow them if they want. Um, that's going to save them money purchasing it. And maybe if they were thinking of buying it and they don't actually like using it, when they borrow it from me, then they've saved themselves from the mon- wasting the money on something they weren't going to get use mm-hmm. out of. Spend it and then... Yeah. But the most no. important part is um, when you have your things sitting... My wheelbarrow sits in the garage, not being used. Mm -hmm. Um, Natural resources were killed to create it, Mm -hmm. and now they're just sitting dormant, not being used. So the thing is actually dead. You know, I've without use, then the the those natural resources are Mm -hmm. essentially wasted, and so they could have been used for something else. Right. I mean, if you buy something, you know, needs to be used or it's not recognizing its Mm -hmm. potential you know even your things have potential you know that drill that you never use that you could share with somebody and maybe it would actually have better life and more use because it's used so you have to just by one person being more conscientious the thing is just the drill's already been made the wheelbarrow's already been made but I guess if more people were conscientious, we wouldn't have to have so much high production of these items. And then we also wouldn't need as much space to yeah. store everything. Because I yeah. feel like that's that's a dilemma. There's The product's already there. It's not like you're making it, you're not killing the resources yourself, yeah. you know, um, yeah. ordering it custom, building it. Your, if you built it yourself, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. But, um, Wow, so it really takes a, a community worldwide effort to, to make a real difference um, in, in that regard, I'd imagine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, starts, it starts local, right? Absolutely, opening up, giving a bridge for people to connect. Um, I've read a book, actually it's written by somebody who's from hmm. Pittsburgh. Oh, well. It was written about um, something that happened in Pittsburgh. Hmm. It's called In the Neighborhood, and... It was about a man who who had um, neighbors who there was a domestic uh, murder. You know, the, the wife husband murdered the wife, and um, he just kept thinking to himself that he was shocked because he knew these neighbors and he thought they were so nice. But then he realized his interactions with them were pretty much when they would drive home and get out of their car, and you know maybe they talk across the fence, but they never mm-hmm. actually went to dinner at each other's houses mm-hmm. or got to know got each to other. Know. So that's when he realized that you know how little you can know about somebody who literally lives mm-hmm. 40 feet, you know, 30 feet away from you. You're, you're living your entire lives within so close. I'm looking yeah. at my neighbor's house and I'm like, yeah, you can probably, <laughs> you know, could like yell really loud and they might hear me, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know anything yeah, about just heard a do- dog. Barking yeah, yeah absolutely. We, door, we huh? live so close to each other, but we yeah. don't know anything about each other. And mm-hmm. so he decided in the book to, um, ask his neighbors if he could have a sleepover okay a little crazy but yeah some of them agreed to it and he wrote this book and he he actually describes the um layout of you know the suburbs and how they have these picket fences and you have a garage Mm -hmm. you turn you can hit your garage door opener so when you drive home 
you go in your garage and you never have to leave your home. Mm-hmm. And never, it's almost made that way to discourage people from connecting. Mm-hmm. So that was an Within interesting our own concept. Yeah. Little worlds. Yeah, we used to have these like really um, vibrant communities where like the neighbors were looking out for the kids, and mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, that's gone to the wayside. There's more like fear now, you know, of mm-hmm. each other. When you did mention social media, we can be friends on Facebook with our neighbors and still see pictures of their kids and maybe talk to them or but. I don't know if that's quite the same relationship as actually sitting down yeah. for dinner or mm-hmm. having a sleepover. Sleepovers, that's pretty... Should, yeah, yeah. It worked out for him, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it might be different in this neighborhood. But but still, I mean, there's. I feel like we all like to show our best selves on social media. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like to get to know people and get to know, you know... Not maybe, maybe not their best self, you know, what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. That's kind of part of the whole human experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> Ask my neighbors if I could sleep over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let, we'll have to follow up with another podcast on that one. Well, as you said, you know, with the buy nothing. Um, that's a way for you to break that, you know, barrier and have some of those conversations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we've awesome. but we've even done some cool um, community outreach activities. Like, there's a blessing box at the end of the street. Mm-hmm. It's an empty box. You can put food in it. It's at a church, and mm-hmm. we've gathered for a month, you know, donations, and then I'll just go fill the box. So, you know, everybody could put something in there individually, but when you do it as a group. It just looks so much more like effective, yeah. you know, and and it, you can see w- the power in in force in numbers, you know. Absolutely, and there, there's a lot of good stuff in the city right now. The I forget what it's called, but you take a book, you leave a book. Oh yeah, the sharing um, libraries. Mm-hmm. There's the ride share now, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, there's and the Zags, Zags, yeah, Zagsters. That's yeah. what I meant. Oh, that's what I meant by ride oh, share. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. But the bike we, ride share. Yes, the bike ride share. Is there any other ride share programs? I'm not sure. Not sure. I mean, obviously Lyft and Uber, um, Uber yeah. is pretty revolutionary. It's kind of a bummer we didn't have it for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just bringing the community together. Mm-hmm. So um, we talked about maybe donating or not donating, but packing up. Well, yeah, donating mm-hmm. one item a day oh. for thirty days is a challenge. It's actually one the first day, two the two, next. Yeah, three sorry, days. yeah, I missed. So based miss. on the number, yeah. So one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of items. Is mm-hmm. there any other? I actually did that before um, Christmas. I didn't do exactly how it was but i did at least one item a day for like two and a half months yeah and then by the week before christmas i had this huge box of pots and pans and socks and things like that and that's my suggestion with the holidays coming up to maybe try that challenge before the holidays yeah before the new year's resolution sets in yeah yeah some other other ways that i've (laughs) yeah any other strategies yeah i mean there's the 2020 rule. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like if, if you can buy it for $20 or less and within 20 minutes or less of where you live, then you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the um, packing party, I think, where you pack everything up and only 
leave what you think you'll use within the first month and then you can go in the boxes after a certain amount of time and and see if there's something you want to take out mm-hmm. and then you do it I, I don't remember exactly how it goes but after a certain amount of time whatever's left in the box you, boxes you have to get rid of that sure and i think you could probably make your own time limit yeah basically if you never pull it out of the box you just ship it away then is pretty um, much you, concept, that's up to you what you do with it whatever um, you do with yeah you. i mean with for forgive me, it away yeah i mean um i try and re- when i did the minimalist games i did try and recycle a lot of things at the eco park mm-hmm. um i didn't have to buy nothing groups yet so that would have been really useful but it you know i do use them now to get rid of a lot of anything that i still have left and then um recycling oh i did sell a lot of stuff so mm-hmm recovered some of that money but not nearly as much as i spent on it mm-hmm. all those items that i had sold um what's another one? Oh, I, well i just like the rule that somebody had said something at the the minimalist meeting that made me think um if somebody were to come to your estate sale mm-hmm. how would they oh you know what was their impression of you be you know and i've been to mm-hmm. a lot of estate sales where uh, you just think Oh my gosh! This person saved all this stuff, thinking it was going to be worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think right now we're experiencing a generational pull, where a lot of our parents are getting older, and they are. Um, some might be hoarders, you know, even mm-hmm. to that status, but they save things. They think we're going to get use out of them. It's a depression mindset. Um, some some of it's well intended. They want to save their children money, but in Absolutely. the end it becomes a real burden because then it's up to the children to get rid of it. So I think yeah. that's um, also helping young people see the importance of not accumulating too many things. And, um, I th- you know, th- that's kind of it for, for tips that I can think of, mm-hmm. you know. I do. I, Go ahead. Well, I know personally when um, when my father passed away and we moved my mom out, the amount of just things we had yeah of all kinds um a lot of stuff in storage but a lot of everything i mean we as a family had enough dishes for five families yeah um and of course i took some of it and i got rid of a lot of things but i actually saved a lot of things but the place i was living at the time i was basically living in a hole in the wall i had no storage space so I actually have stuff in storage at my grandparents and my mom's place. And I was even thinking about it earlier today. Like, I put this stuff, in, I moved it from one storage space to the next, and I haven't touched it. I mean, I, I really just personally want to take a trip, my grandparents and my mom's, and pretty much get rid of, sell, or with all that stuff. Because, you know... It's just amazing seeing the, seeing how when you have a house, how you can com- accumulate so many things mm-hmm. that you forget you even had. Yeah. I've got chargers yeah, for cell phones that are ten years old. We spend a lot of time. It's it's definitely um, there's a figure out there how much time we spend looking for lost items hmm. or things we know we have but we just can't find them. Sure. We end up buying them again and then finding the thing we were looking for in the first place. Um, I've moved a lot over my lifetime. I think I was a minimalist before I be- realized I was a minimalist. I think okay. we both kind of c- 
come to that conclusion. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's something that a lot of people, once they discover minimalism, if it resonates with them, they recognize that they probably already had a lot of these things going on in their life or wanted that kind you know, valued mm-hmm. that mindset or wanted that type of lifestyle. But I moved a lot. And uh, I stored stuff in storage. And um, when that, right before I moved to Rochester in 2003, the storage unit got broken into two weeks after I, two weeks before I was going to move. And I had stored things for a year and a half. So Mm -hmm. that was my first experience of learning to let go of something, you know, Mm -hmm. that I I placed a lot of value on. Um, They were important at the time, Um, family heirlooms, you know, a lot of furniture in my family mm-hmm. has a lot of carpenters in it. So, um, but after that, I kind of realized what a waste of that money was storing something when I, I didn't have anything to show for it. And then I proceeded to move probably 15 times in the next 13 years. And, uh, oh my gosh. And then I realized how lucky I was that that storage unit got broken into because mm-hmm. I saved my back, you know. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I really did, you know. And the cost it, of a larger uh, U-Haul. Yeah, absolutely. A lot I of little things. I can't imagine. You know, I, I said, I've said this before, the more you move, the more things get heavy. You know, mm-hmm. the heavier things get, um, literally and figuratively. You move the first time, everything comes with you. The second time... Some things just make it into the trash, you know. Mm-hmm. Some things don't get put into a box; they just kind of mysteriously get left behind, and then you just accumulate more. So it's this vicious cycle of recognizing. You know, every time I moved, I would realize that half the things I had, I was just moving one spot to the next. Yeah, not actually yeah. using. I, I have a tip because um, I had accumulated a lot of books. And I had actually saved all my college textbooks. Oh, I thought, yeah, that's a big one. Instead of selling them for yeah. 20 bucks, I'm like, I'm going to keep them for reference. Mm. But in reality, in, library. <laughs> in reality, you know, especially a college textbook, the the information changes rap- rapidly with yeah. a lot of the topics. But aside from that, um, nowadays I generally buy a book. I read it. If it's incredible, I have a little spot for it. But if not, then I give it away to someone else. And just a, a basic tip, um, I'm a fan of an actual book. But if you can deal with the screen of the Kindle, which um, I still prefer books, but I, I have a Kindle, it's nice. You can fit 5,000 books on your Kindle. And let's say you're on a plane lot ride, you're on vacation, you're carrying around hundreds of pounds of books just on your little box um so the technology's there you know and um as we've talked about with social media technology can be a strain Mm -hmm. but if we can find ways to use it to simplify our lives and kind of clear out that clutter sure i think it's a really good thing yeah i think that brings up a point you know people always say well do i have to get rid of all my books that's Mm -hmm. a big one and I, I always say, you know, if you like books, then absolutely. you keep your books. You and know, if you have a bookshelf for it in the space, Yeah, absolutely. and that's something that you value, even if you don't get used to it. That's just something we each have to make that decision. So mm-hmm. some people um, recognize that the efficiency and, and the, the benefit of having the electronic books. Um, some people just really like the paper, hardback, the feel. Um, and I always just try and encourage people to start in the area, you know, just start getting rid of the things that don't hold value to them. Mm. And then, so if it adds value, 
you make an effort to keep it. But if it's it's getting in the way, that's yeah. when you you think about it a little more. Yeah, and um, mm. thinking about the energy your space gives you. Mm. What feeling does it give you when you walk into your room? I have been more along this journey starting to get people who want me to help them declutter. And I had a girlfriend who was feeling like her bedroom wasn't her haven. And that's really important. That's the place you sleep. You know, yeah. when we recharge, you know, the all the work we do throughout the day mm-hmm. is based on what kind of experience we have in our bedrooms, you know, spend, basically. Most of us spend a third of our day in our room. Absolutely. If your more. bed isn't good, you're not going to have a good day. If your yeah. room is cluttered and your mind is cluttered, you're going to feel anxious and you wonder why you wake up feeling anxious. Well, just look around the space you, you're you in and you don't need to be a feng shui expert to recognize this mm-hmm. feeling, this room doesn't vibe with me. And that's going to be different for every person. Absolutely. It's individual. Um, so once you get a feel or once you re- realize what it what the room makes you feel like think about what you want it to make you feel like Mm. and then that's kind of how you can work at making building the things you're going to building in the things you want around you absolutely yeah and i'm thinking even taking that risk of moving things or getting rid of something and if you end up missing it there's no harm in replacing it Right. But maybe just taking that effort to see, you know, what is it like without this desk in my room? Am I mm-hmm. more comfortable without the desk? Um, I When I cleaned out my closet, I felt so great. The fact I can yeah. walk in my closet and use the mirror for the longest time, I couldn't even use the mirror in my closet. Yeah, know? that was probably, <laughs> yeah, that I think is been my most recent um, frontier mm-hmm. of, of several, but was getting all my clothes into one room. Mm. And that's something we're going to tackle, actually, at the Minimalist Group in November, minimizing your wardrobe. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the capsule wardrobes. Um, I've got somebody to talk about the fact that the capsule wardrobe really wasn't her thing, but she, how she was able to minimize her wardrobe in what other ways. A capsule, capsule wardrobe is like, I think it's 33 items, and they rotate those it's 33 items many. several times throughout the year. 33 seasonal items? Or yeah, I'm not sure of all the rules, t- okay. but we're going to learn about I it I ask about that because um, I, can, I can't imagine only 33 total it'll be an int- Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I'm That's a very small group. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near that. <laughs> I, my, <ever. laughs> my washer and dryer doesn't work well, so it'll just be a lot of traveling to and from the laundromat. It's true. true, yeah. <laughs> So I um, mm-hmm. I did finally get to the bottom of the the f- wardrobe, and that was a big wake up call as to how much time it saved me because I was mm-hmm. always constantly looking at my closet and saying I have nothing to wear, and I had so many clothes. So how was that possible? Yeah. Well, it was just because half the clothes I had were just keeping space. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some kind of weird depression mindset about I was never going to get new clothes again or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I just would keep clothes because they fit or because they were on sale or because. Well, maybe it's a color. I like that, the color. Yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah. you don't some, wear that color one every day. Thing I liked but, about yeah. it, but overall hmm. wasn't bringing me joy. At first it was, it w- I would have to wear the item. That was what mm-hmm. I would do. I would wear it. I'd force myself to wear something that I was kind of on the fence about. By the end of the day, I knew how I felt. If I thought about wearing the item, 
then I, then I had to get rid of it because mm. unless it was like I am awesome, I yeah. look great. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I like felt like I just was very confident in that outfit. If I got home and was like, oh, my toes were a little. Mm, if I even thought about my toes, I had to get rid of them because the, th- the clothes shouldn't be what I'm thinking about. It shouldn't be, you know, distracting me. It shouldn't be hard for me mm-hmm. to find an outfit in the morning because I have so many clothes to sort through. So just by reducing the amount of clothes I have, paring it down to the the few things that I really love, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to get ready in the morning because all I have to do is make sure I match. Mm-hmm. And you already know everything you got you love. Mm-hmm. Make sure the Fits colors me. match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave myself a high five the other day because... Well, just just a little backstory. I used to love thrift shopping, and I still kind of do. Mm-hmm. But I'd find myself buying things, and they ended up not fitting right. And it, oh, it was only four bucks, and then I'd redonate it, and it never was a big deal. But um, just a lot of clothes that I never wore or never really loved that much. And I, I have a pair of jeans, not wearing them right now, um, but I'll wear them two to five times a week. No shame there. And they're really beat up from a lot of hiking and music festivals this year. And I looked up the, you know, the model number, and they're still on the market. So you go ahead and you buy yeah. another $30 pair of jeans. You know, I could have got it for $5 at a thrift shop. But my favorite pair of jeans, well, I there's yeah. no shame in having two pairs if it's something you really feel comfortable in mm-hmm. and you, you look good in and you enjoy well, wearing. Steve Jobs... He did. He did the whole uniform thing. Right? Yeah, he he did the whole navy blue uniform every day. Yeah, so that um, took a lot of stress out of his yeah, decision making to get dressed, and they call it um, decision making, decision fatigue, decision, decision fatigue. Ma- yeah, ma- yeah, that's what it is. Especially when you've got a big role like that. Yeah, that's one less thing you got to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what you were saying about fi- just buying the jeans new. Um, I used to be a big proponent of just buying the cheapest pair of shoes, but mm-hmm. then I was buying that pair of shoes every year, and now I realize minimalism, part of what minimalism means for me is finding the best quality. Maximum value. And something that I know I'm going to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be versatile. It has to be able to be used for both work and play. And um, so just learning what clothing I get my the most value out of and, and the ones that I and then just sticking with it you know why mess with success why reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. you know so yeah that's if you find a pair of jeans you like buy five pair <laughs> maybe not five that's not minimalist yeah. but you know buy it or look for something that's going to have a lifetime warranty mm-hmm. you know something oh, like cool, LL Bean yeah. I'm starting to realize the value of shopping um, and spending the money on something spending more money on something versus mm-hmm. spending less and buying it multiple times because um that's going to just mean more waste in our environment mm-hmm. i um i forget the exactly what he said but i heard an interview with shaquille o'neal and it was a little his wardrobe's pretty maximal but when he buys a finds a pair of jeans that, i mean he's seven foot one yeah 300 something pounds so when he finds a custom fit jeans which he needs to do that fits him he buys a hundred at a time granted that's a lot of the same pair of jeans but when you find something that works for you i would never recommend someone having a hundred pairs unless you're maybe shaquille o'neal but finding something that works for you and you know just owning it yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious about the capsule wardrobe. I want to mm-hmm. see exactly what what items. Yeah. Can be used. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I mean, just uh, kind of mm-hmm. broadening that out. Just the things I've learned because of this minimalist group. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, we just kind of met and talked about minimalism in general, and that can be a great topic. But once you, everybody's at a different level with it. Mm-hmm. So it might, what might be useful to some who are still just starting the journey might turn those away who have already gotten down the road away because they're not, they're, they don't really want to feel like they're there helping somebody start from scratch, you know? Um, so th- that was an interesting balance I had to come up with. Oh, yeah. um, how did we provide the support people needed as in their minimalist journey, but also um, keep it interesting. So mm-hmm. at first we just kind of met and talked about minimalism, and then in January I, I kind of started to give it more direction and to do topics like detoxifying your home, home and body. So how could you use common household products to make non-toxic mm-hmm. cleaning products and, and learning more about that. Um, we did um, Feng Shui. We've done something about packaging at RIT. And these are all with guest speakers. All with guest speakers. So what it did for me is I was always curious about a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Never had a reason to go research it myself. Maybe Google it, but not hire, you know have some speaker come and talk yeah. to me about it. So it's given me hey, an opportunity. Sleepover for yeah, come sleepover. Right. Let's talk about packaging, please. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten to know really interesting things about our community and our world. Um, tapped into a lot of expert knowledge, mm-hmm. and it just amazes me and humbles me when I email someone and say, "Hey, I'm with the Rochester Minimalists." Would you come speak at our meeting? And these are people that charge money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're like, no. You know, they believe, they, they once they hear what we're doing, they hear what we're about, they see the value and they mm-hmm. understand that. And I've had a lot of people, you know, I've had, I've been able to reach out to a broader audience because um, broadening the topics mm-hmm. to include more than just direct minimalism conversations. So something that might be in the vein of minimalism or the a lifestyle, you know, choice. So um, we're doing... As I said, the November meeting is the capsule wardrobe. Uh, October, we're going to do a tiny homes panel, since that seems okay. to be a topic of interest. But um, really just enjoying getting to know about things I probably wouldn't have because of having a group of people behind me who I need to kind of keep the interest up, you know, and keep mm-hmm. keep something uh something going there so it's been it's been a really interesting experience for me and that new and fresh and diverse absolutely so um i'm reaching out to people that i never would have reached out to before Mm -hmm. and um, just amazed at the reception and the amount of people coming to me and saying every day um that i'm making a difference that what the, the information i'm sharing is making them think and that was the whole intent from the start was to do something directed with my social media mm-hmm. to give back with it not just frittering my time away mm-hmm. oh it's amazing and one thing you said a little bit ago is you know it's a journey there's there's people that know yeah nothing about minimalism there's some people that know nothing about composting packaging oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and all of everyone coming from different backgrounds you know we can grow together it, it doesn't all have to be minimalist conversation the whole time yeah 
I support it. So, um, and to to hear about the meetings, it's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we just, have a Facebook group, you Rochester Minimalist. Search Rochester Minimalist. Yep, we're also on meetup.com. And then meetup.com. Yep. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I, I just, um, last week we had a meeting and it got rescheduled because of rain, but mm-hmm. I ended up having tea with somebody after, um, mm. f- instead of the meeting. And sure. it was just, it's so interesting to hear people saying how relieved they are to find us and how they, didn't realize there were other people who thought like this and how stressed out they are. Um, and, and I look back and I think about the decisions we make mm-hmm. and that's something that I've come to be able to see more clearly because I have more time and uh, more clarity and less uh, things covering up these, you know, clar- these um, revelations. So I, I kind of realized that we make our own stress, that our decisions are, we don't think them out. We make them because we're in a rush to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, we really just want something. You know, we're not thinking about the long-term consequences of, of getting the dog or mm-hmm. having the children or um, buying the second house or getting the boat and the jet skis. You know, it's not until we have them and we, we think, well, that's going to buy me happiness. I'm going to get there. There's a destination, if you will. It's, and then they are coming back and saying, "This isn't what I envisioned. This doesn't feel good," you mm-hmm. know. So, it's really it's nice to see that people are finally waking up and undoing the brainwashing. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, I can only. I only have so many answers, and it's really an individual choice and a personal journey that um, I can only tell you about mine. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how to do yours, but um, it's really just awesome and inspiring to see people coming out of the fog, you know, and recognizing yeah. that we have power. I'm trying to remember the quote, but I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember it. <laughs> so basically, the best way to teach is through biography because you could go and say a bunch of things that are theoretically make sense and they might actually be, you know, let's just say correct. But if there's not a story behind it, if there's not a, like a, a genuine real truth that you're speaking, it it's not the way to, to and you really can't change anyone's mind anyways. Right. But speaking just about yourself and yeah. about your journey and hearing how their life has taken them through different this is and that's and their experience with minimalism or materialism or all the craziness on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best way to learn just to, to be honest and tell our story. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I wish I remember the quote. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, James Altucher, he's a big podcaster, talks oh, about it a lot. Um, yeah. There's a name drop. Mm-hmm. He's got his own podcast if everyone wants to check that one out. Um, I'm pretty sure he had um, Ryan McAdemus on his podcast. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Which, to recap, is one of the two... Minimalists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not the only two minimalists in the world. They're they just, call themselves They're the just known as the minimalists, yeah. and they have the, the Netflix documentary and the books and the blog. And the community groups. So they're really mm-hmm. big. They're, yeah, they've done a lot. They're yeah. really helping oh my gosh. Um, get the word out to a more broad, a broader audience. Uh, mm-hmm. um, 
the, the movie was sold out in Rochester, so wow. you know that's a sign that people are looking for another way. Mm-hmm. There is another way, you know, and I, I, I think one of the biggest excuses I get is I have children. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big one I'd like to tackle in the future, maybe have a meeting, just talk about that. But um, I think that it's more important than ever that we raise the next generation of people and citizens and not consumers. And mm-hmm. I think that using that as an excuse, your children need to have all these things. Well, it's your job, you know, as the parent to kind of say, um, to, to, to lead by example, mm-hmm. as you said, and then also to help them learn the value of what they own, um, recognizing that having 200, 500, even more toys yeah. is going to cause your child to have that decision fatigue. You know, mm-hmm. how do they decide what to play with? And then they wonder why children are having ADHD. Well, maybe just giving the child a choice, like a bin of, or two of toys each quarter and then maybe keeping some in the basement and then rotating those toys so mm-hmm. that each core each four times a year they get new toys but mm-hmm. really they're just old toys and then you know they grow out of those toys you get rid of some some don't make it back in the basement you keep some of the favorites out but it it really just helps them realize the value of what they have and and uh, not expecting to have everything at their access at all times that's something that social media is causing within us is this need to have it now Mm -hmm. and to have the newest and the greatest and to compare our lives to other people so there's a lot of decision fatigue i think there's a lot of Mm -hmm. comparison fatigue happening um, and fear fatigue you know Mm. so recognizing that we have the power way back when the decision is being made, right? Way back when we decide that we're going to create a lifestyle that requires us to have a car to drive to work. But when reality, in when in reality, if we didn't have to go to work, we wouldn't need the car. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of rethinking. And let's say you have a crazy car loan. You wouldn't have to work the 60 hours if you yeah. didn't have the car loan. So, Or maybe had less of a car loan mm-hmm. or, you know, just... I don't know. It's it's tough. The car one's a difficult example because everybody yeah. really them, everything loves seems car. to be a, because I mean nothing's like seeing a child smile. It's 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 tough, but oh it's, sure. I mean just yeah. just leading by example. Like no one. It's n- never a one size fits all. I don't think either of us would ever say that. Yeah. But no. Just yeah. Just it's not. It, just you know. Just being a little more mindful. I'd say. Yeah, I, um, and recognizing that um, it's your it's your chance. I mean, mm-hmm. as a parent, to stop and say, "I don't want to keep this cycle going. I don't want to pro- pro- proliferate um, this mad rat race," you know. And I want the first. I want to value the experiences we have together, the time we share, versus spend my time telling this person to clean up the toys and. Mm-hmm. I'm stressing out because my house is a mess, you know. So that's um, it's been a, the less I have, the less time I spend cleaning. Um, but that doesn't mean that the journey's over because once you get rid of your stuff, there's a lot more underneath there. That you're, you, you know, we we're just burying, mm-hmm. we're burying it under fifty coffee mugs, and <laughs> yeah. you know, three rooms of clothes, and you know, the television and the music and whatever we can 
do to distract ourselves from the real questions? Mm, I I have to admit, so to prepare for this, air quotes, I don't know if that's an air quote thing, but to prepare, um, just yesterday I listened to their most recent, one of their most recent podcasts, um, the Minimalist Podcast, if anyone wants to look that up. And um, what Joshua Fields Milborn, one of his examples was they have, their daughter's, I believe, four. They have one magnet for her on the fridge where she puts her artwork. Yeah. And she can put any artwork she'd like on the fridge. That's her choice. But she knows that if she wants to put up a new thing she just did recently in school, she has to take that, you know, last piece down. And that might be a little strict for some people, but just it's she she knows this and she doesn't complain because as her child given this rule, she learns to, you know, appreciate that just having that one thing there, you know, just mm-hmm. being um really valuing it. And on another note, what um Ryan Mika Nicodemus was talking about was just budgeting. You don't have to just have one picture or one piece of art or one toy, but to budget, we're going to have a 10 toy maximum or a 10 fork maximum. And when you get a new fork, it just requires you based on the budget you created before. All right, we need to, we need to donate a fork. You know, it's, Mm doesn't have to be one item it doesn't have to be 10 mm-hmm. but deliberately sitting down um it's easy if you're a single yeah. person mm-hmm. but with your family or your significant determining other determining what that cutoff is and yeah because for one person it might be 15 and the other person it might be five mm-hmm. you guys can agree on 10 you know or it might have been three but now you have kids you mm-hmm. might move three up to 10 but really um you know, budgeting and deliberately choosing mm-hmm. how much uh, of this or that item you'll have in your life. And the whole the whole episode was on, you know, re- reducing clutter, basically, and um, sentimental things. And how do you know what to keep and what to get rid of? Mm-hmm. Kind of have to put the hammer down, I guess. Um, yeah. um, but what I got out of that was it, it wasn't a one-size-fits-all, you know. It really has to do with your circumstance and your family i mean i'm a single male i yeah but i do have roommates we do talk about things but you can imagine it gets tougher as your family builds mm-hmm. to um to come to those agreements but again the communication all that extra time you created if you're spending less time on social media or less time i love a good movie but rather than binging 24 hours a day and having those conversations i think mm-hmm. goes a long way mm-hmm. and i feel like a butt because i'm not an expert again i'm a single male mm-hmm. but i'm imagining um for my future how i would want to how i would want to tackle it mm-hmm. um i guess we'll see yeah it's much easier <laughs> when you don't have somebody else to mm-hmm. And, it's, and again, it's decisions. nice and it's easy to talk in theory, but it, yes. it's tough in practice. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's definitely a topic we'll need to talk about because I'm sure it'll enlighten me as to, mm-hmm. you know, what are those challenges out there for folks? Um, work, you know, I, 
You know, a lot of people just, you know, they're busy, you know, so finding the time to get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to do it all at once. They want to do this one swipe thing, but, you know, I think, yeah, setting standards from the start can be really great. Um, it's getting to the point where you have 10 things, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have gone way beyond what is necessary. Yeah. Um, I think that's a cool thing of, about the group. There is diversity of yeah. of people, so everyone would have a different take on uh, it. Yeah, a different At take a definite on it. level, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always used to joke, I became a minimalist because I was sick of trying to keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> so now I just don't. I just yeah. don't have to. <laughs> it makes my life a lot easier. There's no comparing because I just chose the, a different well, if path. you're borrowing the, hypothetically... I'm going to borrow the Joneses you're, wheelbarrow. Yeah, you're <laughs> borrowing their wheelbarrow. They're, they, hey, they're the Joneses. They're That's like, right. hey, we're, we're rock stars. Mm-hmm. We have the wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. You have no shame in borrowing it. Mm-hmm. Win, win. You, yeah, I'll help you win, use win. that anytime. Yeah, I always go to Facebook first, and I'm. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, I was that person, always asking to borrow stuff, mm-hmm. and I thought I was annoying people. And now that's what I do every day. You know, I'm, I'm at a website where people are giving away pools. I swear, mm. somebody gave a pool away last week. Wow! Yeah, I don't <laughs> think anybody grabbed it. You had to have it within 48 yeah. hours. But the fact is, you could have gotten a free pool. Yeah. You know, and the, this, you don't have to buy it. You know, it's just it is baffling to me the things people are putting on that page. And I'm like, you know, they could sell that stuff, Absolutely. but they really just want to see it go to good use. You know, it's just giving me such a great feeling about humanity. Yeah. I, I don't like selling things. Like I generally donate it to church or this or that because you can take a lot of effort to try to sell it. Yeah. Granted a pool. That's true. Yeah. But, I think that was like, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. if, if it can make someone else smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, um, something else there was about gifts. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Um, so once you become a minimalist, mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors out there that make it hard you know society there's society doesn't want you to be a minimalist um Mm -hmm. your parents don't want you to be a minimalist (laughs) you know they probably want you to take all their stuff um people are in the mindset that giving means love Mm -hmm. and it does i mean like i said i'm seeing all this giving on this group it's it's lovely but um i've had to reprogram my family into realizing that um i don't really want gifts and if you want to get me something ask me because i'll tell you something really purposeful that i want Mm -hmm. so that's a big um one a big step is once you get rid of all your things is is kind of enforcing it with your family that you don't want them bringing more items for you into your home so Mm -hmm. um you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings no so that that becomes right and then there's the whole once you get the gift, mm-hmm. um, the, the the dilemma you have internally of getting rid of it because it's really like holding on to a piece of the person. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's more than just the gift; it's the interaction. You know, so yeah, yeah. That a lot of times we hold on to things because of that feeling of mm-hmm. being ungrateful. You know, because somebody gave me this, but um, that's something that the next level. You know, is when once you have made that shift in your lifestyle to letting people know around you that um, I don't really want gifts and and I'm not going to give gifts anymore, you know. I'm just going to give you the gift of my time or, you know, something special that 
we can share together, a meal, mm -hmm. food. And my brother oh, was the big one last year. I had a really good time doing this. I had two friends whose birthdays were, um, my brother and my friend both had birthday parties in Syracuse, and I told them both I couldn't come. And then I surprised them, and I showed up. And I brought the fixings to make strawberry daiquiris and mint juleps. I went out and picked awesome. strawberries that mm -hmm. day. And, and I brought the blender. And, and they were just, the whole night, both of them were like, I can't believe you did this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is amazing. And it, 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 yeah. nobody's gift even touched the joy of them looking at me, knowing I didn't, wasn't going to come, but mm -hmm. I came anyways. And, I, and, I, and my brother still talks about those drinks to this day, you know. That's awesome. So yeah, and I, I get a lot of joy out of that experience. And just just last weekend, I had a fantasy football draft, mm -hmm. and my buddy my buddy made drinks, nice and simple, but chips and dip, made burgers and sausage, and, and onions and peppers, and that was awesome. Like just the effort he put into you know having us all over at his new place and cooking us for for football something we all enjoy together that was just super cool and a better get in my uncle gave me um a free trial of blue apron cost him nothing oh. i ended up canceling but i still got three free meals at little things like that mm -hmm. um personally if you feed me i'm the happiest person in the world <laughs> But little things like that, you know, sharing a moment with someone is is awesome. Like, mm -hmm. I encourage that. Yeah. Um, you could build that culture in a family. It's yeah. hard, though, you know. I feel like, um, I mean, it's a tra tradition. I, I was raised Jewish. Mm -hmm. Eight days, eight gifts. Christmas is all the oh, yeah. unwrapping the presents under the tree. Yep. Santa's got a big bag of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you how do you see past that? How is it not insulting not to give someone yeah. a physical gift? You know, I think it's about talking about, like you said, setting those standards in mm -hmm. advance and talking about it, and maybe discussing a compromise. You know, what's a compromise? Um, talking about maybe replacing tradition of giving gifts with each person taking the other you know each day before we'll go to dinner and take you mm -hmm. out to dinner or uh, i'll buy dinner and make it or um i think we talked about this with kids uh, it was like they had to do they did a giving calendar instead mm -hmm. of a getting you know gifts they cool. did each month of december they had to do a special task give something away um volunteer so setting new traditions mm -hmm. that involve you spending time together uh, leading up to the holiday versus um just thinking about sitting at home and watching the commercials and the kids being like i want this i want that you know everything that comes up next yeah get them out of the house volunteering then you don't have to buy them as much <laughs> that's awesome i i one year i gave them out to about three people and Never came to fruition, but they actually make little books mm -hmm. that um, you can write in your own. You can write in your own, but most of them actually have their own. It's almost like a coupon book, you could say. Yeah, I've seen um, those. air quotes. Mm -hmm. It's good for couples, like one free night out or yeah. one night out on the club, one mm -hmm. um, one home cooked meal. I know I gave, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gave my mom one of. The, she never took me up on it, but I gave her a book, and it was just like. One date to the movies or, like, yeah. one look through a photo book. 
and again the pre-communication or maybe even giving them an elbow and being like are you going to use that book I, mm-hmm. but um giving a gift that moves past the day it was given and you can flip through and tear a page out and say hey you gave me this book and it says you're going to take me to the movies <laughs> it's been a few months mm-hmm. i'd be like hell yeah i'll take mm-hmm. you to the movies you know mm-hmm. so that's a that's a cool thing that's what I'll probably do this year. Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like that I think is cool because it's a little more of a kick as in like, hey, I didn't get you anything specific, but look at all these things that I'd gladly do. And it's cool to fill your, you could even make your own, spend zero yeah, money yeah, on it yeah, and make your yeah. own little buck. Yeah. Um, mm, so giving, it's it's almost the holidays. Yeah, it's coming it's up. Creeping really up quick. on so us. Start this that, is when start everyone gets crazy. Yeah. Now, this is when <laughs> yep. sales start that, that giving calendar. Now, you know. Oh man, like chains are about to triple their sales mm. soon. It's amazing, you know, mm-hmm. how much money people do spend, um, mm-hmm. just because something's on sale, or just because you have to have something to give someone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough year for me because I'm. I used to always make stuff for people mm-hmm. and. Um, I've been just really trying to cut back on the time stuff I do, you know, and I mean, I know that giving people some homemade gifts and stuff probably brings them a lot of joy, but, um, it stresses me out. (laughs) So I'm just starting to recognize that I'm one person and, um, I'm a giver, I'm a caregiver. I'm a, somebody who likes to connect people and, um, give of myself to others. So, Um, recognizing that I have to kind of draw back on that. Um, that's one of the things that have most come clear to me now that I've cleared the debris in my life, the clutter. Um, I can see clearly that I'm addicted to doing, you know, so mm-hmm. working on um, maybe not setting so many gift goals this year and just going to visit people and instead of that spending that time making all these gifts and stressing out and mm-hmm. just actually being present for my friends what are some of the gifts you've made so, i mean a, a homemade card for example is something that you could do mm-hmm. pretty quickly food. it's always but, food yes yeah, so you can eat a it. meal i just want it to be perishable i don't mm-hmm. i don't want it to sit around but it's funny because i made simple yeah. syrup one year and Sometimes or like um, flavored olive oil one year, and I go to people's houses, and they're like, "I still have that pretty bottle of olive oil you made me." I'm like, "No, that wasn't what it was for. You're supposed to use it. It's not decoration." But so yeah. I wonder if the mic's picking up that sound. <laughs> I'm pouring myself a glass of wine, <laughs> which I I don't recommend drinking. No, but. Everything in moderation, you know, if it makes you happy, if mm-hmm. you value it, nothing's like a good glass of wine. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of the fact that this consumerism and mm-hmm. um, hoarding and stuff is really an American thing. Sure. And like Europeans, you're th- you know, I'm thinking about the Europeans and how they're exposed y- younger to alcohol. So it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that uh, somehow Americans have just become... It's like an American problem. I don't know why Europeans, maybe they just have less space. Mm-hmm. They live in smaller spaces. Um, they spend more time outdoors. I don't know what it is, but um, just like the alcohol, you know, they're exposed to it at a younger age, so there's less 
alcoholism and mm-hmm. you know crimes associated with alcohol um so why can't we start the message of minimalism younger here just like we start them they start the message of you know alcohol isn't um, a drug to be used to mm-hmm. gain excess yeah, yeah in excess yeah. right so or, or to run away from yes. from your problems so you can see all, exactly. we all do at times so you can see the different ways but. yeah and you see the influence you see the impact that having that influence at a young age young has age. on them so now you know there's really no excuse as to why we can't have that same you know but it's just it's so hard to change the mindset that's been propagated mm-hmm. for it's, so long the whole jones's analogy it's a it's an unfortunate thing you know always trying to keep up with mm-hmm. and i mean we could talk about social media all day but just seeing someone with a nicer car than you or a quote-unquote prettier significant other or nicer house and judging ourselves based on them is is silly you know um it's easy to do though for sure oh yeah no doubt that's why i feel like you could talk about it all yeah, day absolutely, yeah um but i i guess that is where minimalism does come into play mm-hmm. just taking the time to value what you do have and gain maximum value out of it because they might have a bigger car or a or bigger house or a nicer car but do i mean what are their relationships like what is their relationship with their vehicle um yeah just really mm-hmm. that that's my one thought in life i, I want to build my relationships you know and strengthen mm-hmm. strengthen my relationships with both people and the items i yeah. have enjoying the glass of sometimes well i mean it reminds me of two talking head songs okay you know this is not my beautiful wife this is not my beautiful house (laughs) you know that song i feel like david byrne must have been a minimalist (laughs) but um the other one is the um Mm -hmm. nothing but flowers and it's about you know all these things um falling apart in the world ending and nobody paid any attention you know it's like oh we didn't realize it until it was too oh, late, you know. All these now beautiful that flowers. Seven Eleven is is a cornfield, and and I and all I want is cherry pies. Mm-hmm. Something. All in, there is to eat is Twinkies. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think we're more closer to seeing the results of all these years of consumerism um, is having on our environment right now. You know, mm-hmm. just um, in the form of global warming and. Um, environmental destruction um pollution so it's uh it's 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 up to each one of us you know we really all hold a piece of that puzzle so Mm -hmm. if we could all just accept our responsibility and and say you know it's not up to somebody else it's up to each one of us you know to make the decisions to have less things so that we don't have to kill so many natural resources it's a cycle you know it's all we're all interrelated it's you know, we're not just sitting in our little houses, in our little suburbs with our picket fences and in our fancy cars or in our garage, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to come down for us all eventually. I feel we're all going to have to people in Texas right now, Houston, you know, they're facing the real repercussions of our decisions and actions over the past few years. Mm -hmm. It's scary, but 
It's true, and it's yeah. part of the reason I've made a conscious choice to not have children, you know, and not add to that burden to the world. It's a very mm-hmm. difficult choice. Um, of course, everybody wants babies, everybody wants pets, you know, and, mm-hmm. but I realize that um, that's going to take time away from the things I could do to better the world and, and also put more of a strain on the, on the environment. And right now, mm-hmm. I can see very clearly that the earth can't handle any more mm-hmm. strain. So yeah, yeah. we're living in some really exciting, but also scary. It's interesting. Opportune times, yeah. you know, I mean, we could really it's, rise or fall together right now. It's, it's hard to come to terms with, and it, it's easy to take for granted. Um, the flowers and yeah. the way the earth is changing. I don't think it's even controversial to say that. No, it's actually like, it's, yeah. A thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're not just um, <laughs> the conspiracy earth, theori- yeah, theorizing the, right now. <laughs> the earth yeah. is the earth is feeling the wrath of consumerism, yeah. and just I and, can't really pinpoint and the what way, else it's and from, the way you we, know, yeah. Oh, and the way we consume, you know, if we could find more natural ways or yeah. consume less, but my gosh, it's so hard to. No one wants to just change well, their belief system Well, there's a dollar store, overnight. you know, on my corner. So mm-hmm. when I can go spend a bunch of dollars and get, and but not think about the repercussions of the people in China and the smog and um, the children and the child labor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are disconnected. It happens with food. People don't think about, well, my the the chicken, you know, on my plate. Where did that come from? How was it raised? How was it treated? People are starting to wake up to that. They're mm-hmm. starting to see the connection. There's that's the positives of. The internet right now is more information available oh, than yeah. ever. People oh, yeah. who weren't aware of certain things are becoming more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so drones catching footage of things that preferably hidden. were kept, yeah. not preferably, but were kept hidden. Yeah. So it's like making that connection. It, yeah. Like, why is that item so cheap? Why can I buy that for a dollar? Mm-hmm. When, in all actuality, in all logical thinking. It should cost way more money than that to produce mm-hmm. something. You know, that's that's um, that's our responsibility. That's where where we come into play, where we decide with our dollar and we vote. And um, you know, I, I've seen this little. It's a mural. I think it's. Um, I saw it on the internet, and it was a picture of all these white men sitting around a checkerboard, and they um, underneath them are all these you know different variety of races of people with the mm. the board is on their back. And it says, all we have to do is stand up and their game is over. So I think that's like really, you know, where the power comes in. My gosh, I wish it was that easy. I mean, as in just to stand up, throw your arms in the air. Yeah, that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not under there anymore, you know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, uh, it's powerful and it's, it takes, um, Asking yourself the hard questions mm-hmm. and not accepting the status quo anymore. Um, you know, if you don't feel good about the life you're living, there's other ways. Mm-hmm. It's our life. I mean, it's our body. It's our world. It's yeah. our world. We're all a piece of it. Everyone yeah. fits. It's a pretty darn hard puzzle, but everyone fits in some place you know yeah. I, but it I also means if you move or you do something that it impacts this, it impacts, the piece next to you mm-hmm. you know and then, and then, it, oh, and the then big you end picture, up trying to put things in the wrong place if or, you're missing one piece of that damn puzzle <laughs> mm-hmm. i did that recently i had a 2000 piece puzzle oh, oh my gosh 
you don't know until the last piece that you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Oh my god. So you know that one little piece was really important. And even though mm-hmm. I had 1,999 other pieces, it didn't make the full picture, you know. Yeah. So that's a total tangent, but. <laughs> yeah, shoot. You can't yeah. frame that one. Nope. I want... gave it away and I didn't tell the person that it Yikes. was missing. I don't know. No, I did. I did. I said okay. it might be missing a piece, but might be. It might be. I just put that out there. Well, it is. <laughs> maybe I just um, was, maybe it was somewhere hidden in the box. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll hope. I wouldn't want to discourage them, but it was yeah. worth it, you know. Yeah. I just didn't. I didn't want to frame it, so it's fine. Oh, and and the thing is, you you. Did that puzzle? Actually, my my roommate did. Let's let's your let's roommate. be honest. I put it on the porch, and he he almost finished yeah, it, and roommate. then I tried to finish yeah. it. You guys collaborated and finished mm-hmm. the puzzle. It yeah. might be missing a piece, but yeah, that's no shot to oh, anyone's ego. No, and I was able to yeah. measure the time because it was happened over a winter. You know, we mm-hmm. we put that puzzle together, old fashioned mm-hmm. stuff like that. Games, I miss those times. You know, I, I forget exactly. Um, what um who specifically does this but a lot of um zen buddhist groups they'll create beautiful mandalas out of sand whether it takes weeks to months to i think a year is probably a stretch but they'll they'll create a colored mandala out of colored sand like just a beautiful amazing thing and they'll sing prayers and they'll appreciate it and then they'll wash it away and it's temporary. It, and they know it. And it's the process of creating it mm. that is the power mm-hmm. rather than the completion itself. Mm. And let's say, well, in this case, huh. let's say that's missing. Let's say the mandala is missing a piece. Mm-hmm. Well, it was never meant to be framed anyways. You know, it's mm-hmm. you, you wash it away and you start again. True. That's true. It's, it's kind of like my little mandala. Mm. Yeah. That's true. So just the, the just the finding the beauty in that process and doing it with people. That's and true because when I and, went through the process yeah. of becoming a minimalist, mm-hmm. um, I think that once you get rid of your things, then you find that space, and then it's easy to be like, well, now I go get more. That's the space where you have to really be aware that mm. you could go back. You could, yeah, or you could go forward, Revert and you could and- really listen and be go deeper. Um, discover discover if what the next crutch is you know is it the television is it too much social media is it um, too much is it an excess of any type of thing or behavior or or, you know food even can be used as a crutch so um, it's being ready for the next um, there's always going to be something that comes up next you know and I think that the goal here, I think everybody would love to just say, well, someday I'm going to be happy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be happy with the status quo. And, and I'd, I'd, I'd hope that we all could, you know, but I also know that there's a innate desire in us all to keep improving, to keep, to keep oh, yeah. growing. So, um, you know, I, I got rid of my stuff and then I moved on to my clothes. Then I ended up starting to recognize that I was a food hoarder. Mm-hmm. You know, it transfers. Mm. The um, mind and the body are so smart and they can quickly find a new um you, if you block off one exit mm-hmm. they're going to find four more mm-hmm. so um you got to be ready for what comes because your you, society uh your what you've been taught 
um, all those things are going to pop up and say uh, to get you to go back into that comfort zone and that mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, um, just being kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, just not being aware, you know, just kind of get back into the subdued, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just keep that veil on. Because once you lift it, um, it changes everything. You know, you, you, it's hard for you to do the same things you used to do before and and sometimes even changes the people you're going to hang out with. I mean, anytime you change a habit, whether that be the things you own or if you stop drinking or you, you know, decide to become a vegetarian, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to change who you surround yourself with. So mm-hmm. it, big process. Absolutely. It's a big process. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to numb ourselves and it's, it's a common cliche, but we all pick our poison mm-hmm. and yeah, I definitely not perfect myself, but is your poison going to be binge eating, um, consumerism, or this it could be the lesser of you, well, your poison, all the evils, yeah. Your poison can be, um, I mean, I genuinely believe no matter what, we're always going to have that flaw, that poison, that True. thing that we do too much of or stress ourselves out or it's a crutch or it's a way to maybe avoid the present or avoid circumstantial things. But your poison can be a lot of people as they work out will just say too much or mm-hmm. they eat too healthy where they can't sit down and enjoy yeah, the ice cream. I think it's the, the But le- that's kind of a lesser lesser evil at the yeah, end of I think it's thing. what you're talking about is extremes. Sure. Um and I think that that's we have a tendency to go from one extreme to the next. Mm. So it's easy to be like, well, I'm a I have too much stuff to go to. I'm a, I want to be a complete minimalist. That's where people set themselves up for disappointment. When we I think, kind of dine, define ourselves by the extreme. Right. And, and expect that it's going to be this huge life changing, you know, mm. experience. It took me three years to get my home to a place where I look around and say, I can say, I really don't, I don't have a lot of things, you know, and, um, but it's just, um, It's just a long, it's a long process, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A long process that, um, and it's a learning, that's right, learning um, the, the in-between, you know, the how to just kind of have a good balance, yeah. work, mm-hmm. life, you know, health, spiritual, mm-hmm. um, keeping all those balls in the air at hey, once. Everything safe in moderation can mm-hmm. take that too far. There's some things we shouldn't do. Right. Like rob a bank. You don't really want to do that in moderation. No, that's but true. That's true. You um, you're mindful and yeah, moderation. You can have that ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, most people you can have that drink, but it's knowing yourself and then going from there and knowing the mod- difference between a yes and no mm-hmm. and maybe. You know, and, and for me now, there's really no maybes. I'm kind of. Hmm. I mean, there there is maybes in certain yes or hell no. Yeah. It's either hell yes or hell no. Hell yes or hell no. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to get to, where you can like feel it right away, and you're yeah. like, okay, there's no question. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit in bed later and be like, oh, I shouldn't or shouldn't have said that, or I should have said yes to that or no to that, you know? So um, being at peace with mm-hmm. your decisions and knowing that they truly resonate with what your purpose and who you, you want to be and how you want to represent yourself. So you kind of have to have a, a purpose or direction you want to go towards. It um, helps. It helps. Um, cause I think it, a lot of people discover that at one point or another in their life. Sort of just 
discover it by chance. Yeah, it helps if yeah. you know you can have less distractions in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have a actionable thing people can do, and I haven't done it yet. But I'm going to start in September. I have to sit down and decide what I'm going to start with. But basically, you enact a new habit or life choice of any kind for a month. I was thinking about doing for, something like this. We too. should be accountable buddies yeah. cuz you do you only do one at a time. Yeah. But you do one a month and make it a habit. And you can you can drop it. For yeah. example, um thinking about trying a ketogenic diet, yeah. something that might not So we could each pick our own goal. We don't have to do the same one. No, we not at all. Pick, right? But you could try a we'll just say ketogenic diet for one month and it might not, you know, stick. Yeah. But the next month you can try um, giving a gift a week or calling someone new once a week that you haven't talked to the next month and having a calendar and not, you know. Yeah, I was thinking that um, too because I've heard out that the days. it takes a certain Just, amount of time to oh, make Oh, yeah, and it happen. feels good. You're like on a 17-day streak mm-hmm. and you want to cheat and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna, I, can, mm-hmm. I can drop this habit at the end of the month, committed to it. It's got to be a mindful decision. You want to pick a good habit, but mm-hmm. maybe just reading a chapter a day for a month yeah. or something as small as doing a push-up a I day. I was going to say I might, I might do some sit-ups and push-ups well, or like something, a, you know. A push-up a day for yeah. a month. More yeah. likely than not, you'll do more than one push-up in each day. But just ha- setting, that's mm-hmm. my goal for the next month. You're the first person I told. Mm-hmm. So um, by the time this out, it might be September. So I mm-hmm. hope people keep me accountable because mm-hmm. well, you have to tell me what your goal I get, is. Yeah. I get really excited, and then it's hard to sometimes keep Follow to through. it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that discipline is going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just to tie it back into minimalism, just making a deliberate deliberate decision that you know is good for you. And sticking to it and trying not to regress and doing your best to yeah. stick to what it's you... It's that muscle we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the more you can... Doing push-ups? Be accountable. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> That's a literal muscle. <laughs> but yeah, like the more muscle. account... The accountability muscle. Accountability muscle. Yeah, I think it's um, something that we could all use a little help on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all we can do is try, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, Amy, thank you for sitting down with me and everything we've talked about. I'll put in the show notes links to, you know, the Rochester Minimalist Meetup and the Buy Nothing group. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what what's going on? Is there anything you're excited about for the near future? Anything to touch on or resummarize? Yeah, we have some really exciting meetings coming up. Mm-hmm. Um September, I think I may have mentioned. I don't. Maybe I didn't. Downsizing mom and dad. We talked a lot about that. Um, I've got um, some panel of folks who have different perspectives. One is a estate sale consultant. Um, another one is a decluttering consultant. Kind of goes through the um, emotional and uh, that kind of journey with people. And then there's somebody who just lost her parents her father passed and now she had to get rid of all their family's belongings so she Mm. will talk about how she was able to do that just recently yeah Yeah. in the past year so um three people with some different perspectives on how Mm. to help mom and dad downsize 
And then in October, we're going to have Tiny Homes panel. And I have a couple of people who just have an interest in it, who've helped people build um, tiny homes, and then a couple who's actually moving into their tiny home next month. So Exciting. Yeah, that'll be um, September is September 18th. And that's at Legacy at Clover Blossom. Mm-hmm. And then... I used to live down that way. Isn't that Fairport area, is it? No, it's... Um, it's Blos- uh, Brighton. Br- Brighton. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I don't even know where it is yet. <laughs> no, it's Brighton. I think it's Penfield District. Good. Okay. A bunch of my buddies used to work there in high school, so... And then we have... Nostalgia um, for me. <laughs> so then um, October 6th, those are both Monday meetings, mm-hmm. Um or maybe maybe the 18th. I can't remember, but uh, October right. 6th is the Tiny Homes panel. And then in November, November 6th at Dress for Success, we're doing a Minimize Your Wardrobe with um, a woman who d- leads workshops on the cons- um, capsule wardrobes and then a couple of other folks with different perspectives on um, minimizing your wardrobe and reducing your... Sh- your um, urge to shop mm. and then December I'm thinking maybe just keep it informal we'll have like a get together maybe have some food share some food I, I was even considering cool hosting and then January I'm, I'm really hopeful I can get a group of people who can talk about minimalism in their careers their home their um, their things you know all, all types of minimalism and, and how it's impacted them on many different levels mm. so, so Every month there's something fun to come yeah. check out. So if I you miss think, one, yeah. there's always a future new one. one coming up. In I keep future. thinking I'll run out of ideas, but oh. then they just come. So oh, absolutely. I've got a really long list. Sorry. Oh, and you can always um, revamp old ideas. I, I've thought about that a as well. A lot of new yeah. members mm-hmm. at all times, I can imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So, Yep. Everybody likes a trip to the eco park once a year. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> I haven't been yet. Maybe so. next year. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Oh, thanks. Appreciate this, and thanks for giving us an opportunity to spread the word about minimalism. Hey, y'all. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I know that we generally talk music on this podcast, but I'd love to continue to diversify the Rochester Groovecast. I want to find new and interesting topics to touch on, along with promoting all the amazing people and activities in our local community. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. My wish is that something here sparked your interests and influenced you in some manner. I, I highly encourage you to look into minimalism and find some tools and tactics to help better your life. Again, you can check out the show notes for a link to the Rochester Minimalist group or just search Rochester Minimalist on meetup.com or on Facebook. In addition, of course, special thanks to Amy for all she's done for our community. Thanks again to Amy for sitting down with me to record this episode. Not sure where you're listening, but you can catch Rochester Groovecast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any Android podcast app. Please do subscribe and share among your friends. And if you'd like to leave me a review on iTunes, that's so awesome. Or a personal review or a personal message, any questions or comments, you can email me at rochestergroovecast at gmail.com. So yeah. 
Thanks again for listening. You're all amazing. Ben here signing off. Until next time, groove on.